You're about to hear opinions that you may like. Then again, you might hear some that offend you. We don't apologize for that. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. It's pretty easy to roll your eyes and have a good laugh and say, only in California, right? Well, often what happens in California, regardless of how ridiculous we think it is, it can spread to other parts of the country. And there's also an easy trend where you say, boy, we wouldn't have even thought about that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And that's kind of the intersection of where we're at right now. In the state of California, their state assembly has actually passed a bill. I can't believe I I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this. That would allow the state to take custody of minors who come from out of state to seek medically altering surgeries in order to be transgender, what people call transgender. Yeah, I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. I'm joined now by Dr. Jennifer Ballins from the Family Research Center's Center for Family Studies, where she is the director. Dr. Ballins, first of all, thank you for being on the program. And I want to make sure that I'm getting this correct. What does this actually do? Yeah, so this is Bill um, SB 107. And um, we should care about what's going on in California right now, because this bill uh, has the potential to impact every family, every child in America. Um, what it does is basically um, says if if you want a gender transition, um, we we are willing to um, welcome your child into our state and provide that for them. Um, this is a real nightmare. It's a, a obviously a nightmare at the physiological level, but it's such a violation of parental rights um, like we haven't seen before in in our nation. Just so we're clear and know what we're talking about, we're talking about children who essentially are running away from home and their parents will not sign off on this. I mean, it's easy to make the comparison. If a kid has a headache at school, they're not going to give an aspirin or a Tylenol unless you're your parents sign a stack of notes or give some sort of written permission, but we're literally talking about runaways who want to have their bodies permanently altered. That's right. Um, Mike, it's not, it's, it's actually worse than this. <laughs> That's one category of um, children that will be affected by this bill. So certainly those who, who are bent on getting um, these surgeries, which by the way, have no scientific backing. Everything that we find out about this is is a disaster. But I tell you, there is um, there. It is one of the most uh, the biggest experiment that we're doing on our children right now is is this gender transition procedures. So not only is it bad for children who are running away, but also, let's say you have a parent who doesn't even have custody but wants their child to experience these gender transitions. They can take their child to California and California will be a safe haven um, for this kind of criminal behavior. Yeah, you just mentioned criminal behavior. It, you talk, Let's talk about that for a second because once someone is, is an adult and they're recognized as an adult, they've got the freedom to do what they want with themselves, good idea, bad, bad idea, or otherwise. Uh, but we're we're talking about minors with no parental consent. First of all, I, I would be stunned if that is upheld by any court 
in the country outside of California. Uh, but secondly, we are talking about um, a mutilation of bodies. And I know people don't like that term, but that's essentially what we're doing here for children. Yeah, that's right. If we would leave these kids alone, most of them would figure themselves out and and realize this is who I've been created to be. I can I can settle in. Um, to to my biological sex, but what happens is we have all these interventions at the school level, um, and, and the, certainly the mental health level. So they begin to mess with these children's identities, and um, of course, these kids are vulnerable. They're trying to figure themselves out. Which one of us listening today didn't have a period where we were trying to figure ourselves out? And thank God these things weren't available then, because any of us who were born in the Star Wars age might have been, uh, you know, as a female, you might have been, you know, transitioned to the opposite sex of Luke Skywalker or God, God only knows, right? We are visiting with Dr. Jennifer uh, Bowens from the Family Research Center's Center for Family Studies. Does this type of policy, and we can, you know, there's obviously going to be a large focus on the policies that are involved, but what about the effect on the home? What about the effect on the families? Obviously, it's changing at a breakneck pace and has been for decades now, but when you have something like this that's very, very top-down, does this reflect changing of the families or does this accelerate changing of the families by government? I think it's a both and situation. Um, I think one of the blessings of COVID, um, if you can say that, is that we learned a lot about what was going on in the classroom. And we've learned uh, about some of the sexual content um, that our children have been viewing on a regular basis. So, um, you know, when you when you don't have parents that are involved or know what's going on with their children, of course, there's going to be a breakdown and, um, you know, it, just simply put, there's going to be a breakdown in communication and what, what's, um, what's acceptable and what's deemed access, acceptable when you have Gen Z, 25% saying they identify as LGBT. That's a huge cultural shift. But then now you have these top-down policies like what Governor Newsom is proposing, and that is certainly going to accelerate um, this problem, if if it's allowed to go through, um, and you know, and that's where I say, contact your governor, let them um, know you're that you're upset about this, that you're upset at the prospect of his takeover of your children from from your state. Um, you you have to stand up for the children of your state. What is the difference between? you know, a generation or two or three or more ago of people, you know, dealing with feelings, whether it is same-sex attractions or or whatever, the difference between that and the, the adoption of a mindset that somebody is a wrong sex or wrong gender to the point of uh, hormone therapy, chemical therapy, physical changes, that is such a massive shift. Are we talking about a social contagion? Are we talking about an increase in that because people were afraid to do it before? Where does all of this come from? Because for those of us, and I just turned 50 back in December, this even seems um, like a massive shift in such a, in a tremendously short time. Yeah. And I think that there are a few pathways that you have to consider for um, someone to come to the point of saying, I'm, I'm, have the wrong body. Um, and one is certainly you look at the, the people who have identified as uh, having gender dysphoria or um, transgender and the, the amount of abuse and trauma, early childhood trauma that's in this population is enormous and much greater than um, the general population. 
Uh, that's the same for substance abuse and, and a lot of other um, mental health conditions. So, you know, if you have a trauma background and it's very un much unresolved, that can be a pathway to, um, to this ideology. Another way is certainly the social contagion. And that's what we're seeing a lot more in the Gen Z population. So uh, it, it may not be one or the other, it may be both and. And then, um, you know, I think the other thing that we can't forget is uh, that there's been years in the academic circles, there has been this idea of, of truth is whatever you want it to be. Um, it comes from a a philosophy of social constructivism. And so when you can say that a reality is based on whatever you think it is, <laughs> then you can see where we have this slippery slope of that includes any kind of boundaryless sexual activity or any kind of boundaryless uh, sense of identity. Um, because you now we have children identifying as um, cats and, um, and heralding that they're have a dissociative identity disorder and that they're proud of that. Uh, so it, it, yeah, there, are, there are multiple things going on here, but at the end of the day, this is not an ideology that's gonna lead to success for our nation. Okay, I've got less than a minute left. Obviously, we can talk about fighting this law because this is an irreversible procedure for a lot of children, but what's the elevator pitch for how do we help the children who are dealing with these issues? Because that at the end should be the very, very core of the discussion. Well, one thing is that we, we really need to acknowledge that children um, are dealing with this at a social level. Um, we, we need to make sure that we're connecting with our kids make sure that they're not in front of social media all the time, um, because that is certainly a strong pathway. Um, we, we need to have open discussions about this. Sometimes people our age get a little gun shy about um, these discussions, we get squirmish and we cannot be squirmish about these topics. So um, that's certainly one pathway. Um, and, and if your child's going through this, there are all kinds of great resources out there from people who've gone through this. Um, there's a, a group called Advocates for Protecting Children. They have uh, videos on common sense parenting. You can look at that. We have resources on frc.org about um, just how to, how to recognize it, how to deal with it, what's the diagnostic process, but also how do we fight this politically, um, emotionally and spiritually. Yeah, and that's how you empower the families. All right, Dr. Jennifer uh, Bowens from the Family Research Center's Center for Family Studies. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks, Mike. All right, to say that's controversial is an understatement. What do you think? Let's connect on social media. Look up American Viewpoints on Facebook, or you can find me at Twitter, at AVP Radio Show. I am Mike Ferguson. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week.